clearly Jeff Goldblum is happy to do anything because he features in all of these. <laughs> yeah. Hi, and welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. This is episode number six. I'm Derek Liu. And I'm Rick Thomas. And we said we would be doing a podcast about starting the process of cutting a trailer today. But like the good trailer editors we are, we're procrastinating and we're choosing to do something else um, because it's Independence Day this week. And I thought it would be fun to talk about the trailers for Independence Day because uh, particularly the teaser trailer for the first film has gone down in history as, as a classic of the genre, um, and I thought it would be fun to do a bonus episode on that. Um, but it's been a busy couple of weeks for trailers. Uh, in the last few weeks, we've had big trailers for Jumanji, Hobbs and Shaw, and a brilliant retro trailer for Stuber, which you should definitely check out. Oh, I haven't checked out the Stuber trailer yet. Yeah, it's good. It, it does a kind of retro graphics and uh, music and voiceover, and uh, it actually does a, a great job of getting the plot across of that film. Cool, I'll have to check that out. I'm actually a little bit more interested in that movie now because, well, first, I actually did like the trailer, the first trailer, but then I found out later that Iko Uwai from The Raid is the, like, hoodlum with the the dyed hair. Like, ooh, extra interested now. It's probably, like, a really small part, but still. Also, I have, I'll have to totally admit that when you told me we should do uh, an episode about Independence Day, my first reaction was, why? Then I looked at the calendar. I was like, oh, duh. I can't believe it's the British person reminding you <laughs> that it's Independence Day this week. I know, right? It's just because working from home just makes me lose all sense of all holidays and days that maybe I could be taking off because no one else in the country is working. But it's it's fine. No, I'm excited because I have an American daughter now, so I have to go all out for, uh, for Independence Day. Oh, very exciting. So I don't really remember exactly when I saw the Independence Day teaser, but so I was about 14 at the time, which was pretty much the perfect age to be at to see Independence Day in theaters. I must have seen the trailer in theaters because that's the only place that you could watch trailers. Yeah, it would have had to be in theaters, which means I probably missed it. I don't really have a much of a memory. I definitely went to the theater to see Independence Day. but So I was re-watching it, and it's still a really good teaser. The only things that are sort of dated about it in terms of format is the, I don't know, maybe the typeface is a little bit plain, but it still has that Independence Day you know, look to it. Yeah, the title cards are very plain. They're very simple. Um and there's no real kind of punctuation on them musically. They just kind of happen in between shots. Um, but it has got this great copy. On this day, they arrived. On this day, they attacked. And immediately, it starts asking a question of kind of, who are they? Right. And then the first shots are just the those first shots in the movie where you just see the looming shadow going over all the, the neighborhoods and the buildings. And you're just immediately setting up all these questions saying, what could possibly be this big? And then the following shots are just people looking to the horizon. So of course, you're just thinking, what's what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Yeah, it's actually a really good exercise in restraint because you get this kind of shadow going across and then you get the Spielberg shot of lots of people looking up at something in awe, but you don't know quite what it is. And it's more effective seeing that kind of human reaction than seeing the actual ship probably a big thing in this trailer is humanity like everything every scene is grounded in a human reaction and even when there's a big effect shot down the street there's these humans in the foreground yeah it's really that low level shot of the street where you see the cars flying through the air and the people are running from the explosion that's going in between the buildings Um, that's a really good point that it is very like human scale but then just the shot of the washington monument also just how the shadow is on the ground uh, but not on the, the top of the monument yet. It's really, really good shot. 
the flames up the street shot is uh, interesting because I remember because uh, being a geeky 14 year old I think I remember watching like a TV special about how they made it and uh, I remember to get the flames to kind of go over the street they had to put the street up on its side and the flames would naturally go up and that's how they got the shot and um, that's kind of emphasis on practical effects and how amazing that is for the trailer to give you these effect shots but you kind of know they're real and as I said before grounded that's a really nice part of looking back on this trailer now especially as we'll get to later in reference to um, Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah because those Independence Day effects really hold up that White House shot still looks amazing because it's practical and it's just a really amazing shot. I don't know if it's nostalgia, but I think it just still holds up. <laughs> yeah, oh no, it's the money shot of all money shots. It's amazing. And it probably started that genre of big effect shots because I can't remember anything bigger at the time. Yeah, and it just and as soon as it happens, then it just goes a title card. Oh no, in a weird crossfade. <laughs> in a really weird it happens, and then there's a weird crossfade. And they have the the alien laser sort of um it's like an anamorphic blur effect or a flare in there that looks very 90s graphics like um yeah it's not, it's not a hard cut definitely the 90s is seeping in but it's it's still really really amazing yeah and it's interesting as a first piece you know you get that humanity but it's not really grounded in any of the key you know there's is there any goldblum in this i don't think there was there's no goldblum there's no will smith there's no pullman no harry connick jr so it's a really good teaser in just getting the concept out there and uh amazing copy run and um something that still holds out as i said it does seem slightly dated in the way that the music is just there in the background and nothing's particularly hitting yeah but this sort of teasery format which is just a series of images i feel like even now can get away with that sort of sparse uh, use of the music or just a little bit more background than uh, a lot of modern trailers tend to make their music yeah yeah totally and then did you check out the trailer too for independence day as well yes and then i watched all the, the trailers for first independence day and then i went and watched the resurgence trailers that you linked me we're going all in for independence day and as we uh, as always uh, i think we've never mentioned this before but actually all trailers are in the description of the podcast so you can uh, you can check out the things that we're talking about yeah because we especially talk about some very specific trailers during the podcast and some movies have you know three or four trailers in some cases so it's important to know the exact ones that we're talking about so either you can just check it out afterwards or watch along sort of even with a few years difference we were looking i was looking up the trailers for independence day resurgence and it's kind of hard even a couple of years later to work out what was the first trailer especially in this era of trailer one trailer two but then there's a super bowl spot like what came first and it's kind of hard to work out so we've done the work for you and uh check out the trailers below yeah so the uh, the official full two and a half minute trailer starts off with a voiceover which is also as we've said very 90s yeah and a very verbose voiceover as well it's not concise copy it's this this meandering imagine if you it is morning you wake up you greet your loved ones you grab the morning paper. Just do a play-by-play of Will Smith's morning routine. Just emphasizing how normal this day is until uh, he realizes that there are aliens showing up. And although it seems like any ordinary day, it isn't. There's a really nice device in that copy, actually, where it keeps talking to you. It says, you know, you do this and you do this, and it actually kind of draws you in. Again, character is really the focus here, and especially focusing as much on um, Will Smith as you do. It's this really big film, but you start on one person waking up, and you're seeing 
the narrative through the eyes of this person. That's a really good lesson for trailers in general. Yeah, it's a good way to think about the the framing device of the trailer. And also this trailer uh, uses music from The Rock, I noticed. Oh, really? Yeah, I wonder what it was. Yeah, it's either Hummel Gets the Rockets, which is the most famous one probably, but... You know, there might be multiple cues from The Rock in here, but that was another thing I noticed was that this trailer also doesn't really use the music in the way that modern trailers does. It's still kind of background music, even though it's still like big and bombastic music. It's not cut to the music in the way that trailers are now with like, you know, accents on the beat and dialogue fitting in the empty space between and that sort of thing. Yeah, I was thinking that in terms of accents. I was definitely missing each kind of side of a speech. I was missing some kind of punctuation and accents there. Oh, and by the way, when we say accents, that's basically like in modern trailers, just watch a trailer. And if you watch what happens between the lines of dialogue, so usually there'll be a line like, We will not go quietly into the night. Then like the next three shots will be like gunshots. And then they go back to the dialogue. Those kind of quick moments between the dialogue, those are accents or punctuation. And you'll see that the original Independence Day trailer doesn't really use those at all. Yeah, and the thing that you're accenting is, of course, the amazing speech from Bill Pullman. Yes. Um, which is really a gift. You hear that. It's the kind of thing that you see in a movie or you hear and you go, right, that's going in the trailer because it's fantastic in the film and it's emotional and stirring and it's it's one of the be- it's one of the greatest and, and it's a real gift for the trailer because it's the kind of thing where you can, you can do what this trailer doesn't really do, which is float the narration and you can be seeing all sorts of different things that have meaning because of the words that you're saying, but you don't necessarily need to see him as much. There are a couple of strange moments in this trailer where you cut some dialogue on Air Force One and it's the kind of shot you wouldn't really have in the trailer nowadays. It would be floated or it would be cheated or you'd cut a lot quicker, you'd use a lot less of the shot. It kind of almost seems a bit small and pedestrian. When you say floated, you just mean the dialogue is sort of on its own and you're putting shots that aren't from that scene over it. Absolutely. As always, Derek will be here <laughs> to translate my... I, I know what you were talking about, even though I had never actually heard the, the term before, surprisingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dialogue is kind of floating above the shots, but you're not, I guess, grounding it in the actual shot of the person talking. Yeah. It's funny, even when I'm editing now, sometimes I can forget when it is appropriate to actually show the dialogue being spoken on screen instead of thinking of it as its own thing that will be cut to shots that are not from that scene. Yeah, it's interesting because the way I cut is to cut the dialogue first and not really worry about the shots for a lot of things. I mean, it, again, it kind of depends on the genre. But yeah, when you when you then come to look at the pictures, it's interesting how much you actually need and and at what stage of the trailer you're at you know later on in the trailer you need less grounding and at the start of the trailer maybe you need a bit more of the scene to understand what's being said who's saying it get a bit more of an idea of the spaces of this film and then otherwise in terms of the actual editing of the trailer i mean uh i would say it's pretty sort of standard hollywood format trailer with uh you know all the good scenes i think it tells a good story even if uh it's a little bit flat by modern standards but you know it's still it has all the things that trailers love which are big enormous shots and big grandiose statements and people saying things like uh oh my god yeah (laughs) well standalone statements like that this is so cool we've got to stop them they're gonna kill us all being exterminated. Let's kick the tires and light the fires. Oh, you can't hit nothing! Get him out of there! And a big comedy button at the end as well. You have the title and then you have, like, Will Smith saying... That's what I call a close encounter. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know so so the more modern cliches are really coming in though even then that's another good time to notice that the music isn't used the way it would be nowadays because the, the music doesn't really peter out but it just, just sort of fades to low when it hits the title and just sort of keeps playing whereas usually there's something separate or at least they'll the music will stop and then come back in for the button uh, for a lot of trailers now but still gets me excited i don't know because i saw it when i was 14 <laughs> yeah and it's a great movie <laughs> So obviously there was a big legacy and uh, when Independence Day Resurgence came out, there was probably a lot of people trying to think about, okay, what do we do to, to sell this? Can we sell this purely on the nostalgia of a film that came out 20 years before? Or do we have to do something different and market it to new audiences? And, uh, and there certainly is a lot of marketing for Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, they did a lot more than I even realized that they did. So which should we talk about first? Uh, I think trailer one. Okay. You see, uh, it's the one where it kind of reveals Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, so the first trailer, my read on this one is that this is the full-on, okay, nostalgia trailer because this is really centered around Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman. I spent 20 years trying to get us ready for this. We used their technology to strengthen our planet. And you just see a lot of shots that just remind you of the first movie. And just just having it framed around those characters makes you think, okay, this is going to be framed around these characters. And you you do see some shots of the the new younger cast, uh, but they don't really get much to say, if anything, in this trailer. I don't. Does Will Smith's son say say something about his dad, maybe, just to, to land that? And again, in a way, that's a way of revealing, you know, a nostalgic character from the first movie. Yeah, but even then, uh, I, I literally just watched this a few minutes ago, and I don't even remember uh, those scenes, just because the, the part that made the biggest impression on me were the Jeff Goldblum. Actually, the, the funny thing was that the Jeff Goldblum scenes just reminded me of uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, because they did a similar sort of thing where... Like, okay, let's make this about Jeff Goldblum because that's who people like and they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's Jeff Goldblum doing Jeff Goldblum things. And in fact, that's he's the big reveal at the start of the trailer. Uh, and it's kind of interesting as this is trailer one, you know, compared to what was happening 20 years ago, where it was, I guess, a rarity to have a film of this scale that you could just put out a, a kind of teaser. And, and again, it wasn't a known, a known property. Um, whereas now, you know, actually you needed a bit more of a full meal for that first piece to say, okay, it's back, but also here's some stuff to hang your hat on and and stuff to get you interested. Yeah, because they really need to know, okay, what is going to be different this time? Which from this first trailer, it seems like not that much is going to be different, or at least the way they frame it. Time is different. It's 20 years later. Yes, it's it's 20 years later. They have new alien technology that they've used since then, and the aliens have also improved their technology. And trailer editors have improved their technology as well. They have. They have nicer title cards. There's nicer title cards. There's simpler, concise copy. Uh, there's an interesting thing here um, where the copy and the monologue that Jeff Goldblum is saying is working in tandem. The copy says, nothing can prepare us, and Jeff Goldblum's saying, but it won't be enough, and, and it all works together. Because sometimes it's hard in a copy run, if you've got a monologue going at the same time, people find it hard to carry the thread of both things through. So when essentially the copy and the monologue are 
backing each other up and you're saying the same thing, then that's a way of not losing a thread and saying, hold on, I've forgotten what that card said. Yeah, because a lot of times people just forget the title card words entirely because usually dialogue makes a bigger impression. There's a concept I found out uh, over here. It's called a hammock. And a hammock is where um, you have a copy card, like they're on a journey and then too much time will elapse before the card that says but something's going to happen and you forget and then so all you see is but something's going to happen and you're like what i forgot what was on the card before you've lost the thread and that's when too much is happening or you've introduced a different music cue or a different concept or like too many characters have spoken since the last copy card so generally you want to keep your your copy cards unhammocked and as close together as possible so people don't lose their sense. So it's bad for them to be too far apart, just like with a hammock, you want it to be a certain distance, like an ideal distance, uh, so you have a good good hammock? It's so far away that you could make a hammock out of it. <laughs> yeah, if it's close together, you can't make a hammock because you'll just be, you won't have enough material. But if it's so far apart, you've made a hammock, but you don't want to make a hammock. I would put the trailer for Count of Monte Cristo, the Jim Caviezel one in this one, because the very, very beginning has some voiceover. Edmund Dantes had a promising future. And a love. I missed you so. That any man would envy. Actually, no title cards, though. But then there's one title card at the end, which is the worst title card ever, but also kind of the best, where it's for Count of Monte Cristo, and the title card is... Count on Revenge. It just sits there alone. There's absolutely no voiceover... Uh, you know, give or take 15, 20 seconds next to it, or even like a minute, maybe. Is there a this year count on revenge or is it just just out on its own? No, it's just count on revenge. (laughs) It's it's one of my sister's favorite trailer uh, lines. And she doesn't usually have opinions about trailers, but she just saw that one in theaters and it's so funny. Count on revenge. Anyway, back to Resurgence. There's also something interesting here that um, it strikes a real emotional tone. It's interesting, and I think that's representative of the time when this came out a couple of years ago. Everything was big and emotional and profound, and it kind of really helps make a statement. And uh, I guess they would have tried a couple of tones, and maybe they would have tried something a bit more fun, but this felt worthy and big and eventful. And I don't know, did that direction work for you? Because for me, I think of the fun and goofy part as being Independence Day and the serious part being the thing that, you know, it's it's kind of dippy, but it's it's fun in that way, in that original. But this one, is just, it's, it's so, it's played so straight that it's not really what I'm looking for. Though I don't even know if they could make an Independence Day sequel that had the same sort of goofy tone and have it work nowadays. Well, actually, as in all of these trailers, there are a few jokes, you know, it isn't just the jokey button, which we have here again, you know, you get... Um uh, they like to get the landmarks. They like to get the landmarks. There's again Go- Goldblum doing Goldblum things. But you have a couple of jokes um, throughout the course. So in a way, it's okay. If you're playing the tone straight, then you're hitting that target. And also, you know, there is room to do jokes within that structure. Whereas if you're in a very jokey structure, mm. you can't really put profound lines over that. Right. So they had to go in one direction in order to leave room for the other thing basically yeah and there's a point where it ramps up action wise so you get that kind of shift from emotional to okay we're going to do a bit of a montage here as well another thing i'll say about this trailer is or i guess probably just the film in general is there's no one epic shot in this trailer that i think okay this is the defining shot in here i don't know they they destroy the the london bridge at the end right 
Yeah, that's the uh, that's the they like to get the landmarks. Yeah, and maybe because I'm American, but the shot didn't really do much for me. How does it feel for you? No, I think it's really interesting. Uh, there was a YouTube comment um, on the Super Bowl spot actually for this that said, "I think that CG vomit is trying to tell me that the aliens dumped Dubai on top of London." <laughs> and, I, and in a way, I think CG vomit is a, uh, especially kind of looking at the first film and again just that shot of the cars and the fire coming towards you. Yeah impact you and the, and the White House blowing up has so much more impact than this which you know the scale of this is 50 times more it's buildings and and yet it doesn't have that grounding that the previous film did it's indicative of that big CG overload it's so big I can't get a handle on it and therefore I just switch off a bit yeah it's like the even as a Londoner I'm like yeah, okay <laughs> seen that before yeah I, I feel like maybe it's it could be like a lack of contrast or a shot composition or just something about it that it's just so big that or maybe like the, the shape of the destruction isn't really interesting it just takes over the whole frame whereas you think about the, the White House you think you know the White House so it's obvious it's white and then you have the alien ship and then just that, that single laser and it has really good contrast in that shot uh, whereas all these things even though technically stuff is bigger and bigger explosions it just none of them leaves a, a mark on me no i mean maybe it would have been better to to be kind of simpler um i mean actually talking about simpler um they did a super bowl spot for this where it showed the stadium and actually it kind of started similar closer to the teaser for the first film where it was shots and this brilliant copy run of you know the world will unite in independence and you're kind of you're getting that name out there because people watching the super bowl are especially in the ad breaks are drinking beer and i don't know what you do at the super bowl <laughs> eating eating nachos paying less attention so it's good to be on the nose and, and reference what it is and obviously the good thing about super bowl ads to do as well is to try and set it in a football stadium because people go oh that's interesting it's in a football stadium uh, like this year you had the jordan peele twilight zone ads uh, where he was in the stadium. And right, and it, they make it look like, they, or they try to make it look like, hey, we're back at the Super Bowl, but no, actually, it's a TV spot. Um, I did think, yeah, the Super Bowl spot I liked better in a lot of ways because that shot of the scoreboard with the jets and then the aliens flying over, I thought that was really clever, a way to segue into uh, the actual spot. Yeah, it was kind of a rug pull, similar to what we were talking about last time. It's especially as a TV spot, you get that opportunity to do what you don't necessarily get to do in online trailers now. Uh, as I said, where people are eating their nachos and drinking their beer, they don't know what they're seeing. So independence in the copy is a slight hint towards that. And obviously then you get the great shot where the planes go over and then the, the alien spaceships come after them and you're like, oh, okay, this is this is something different. Right, that's a good point. Live broadcasts or live streams are like the only place that you can do a rug pull anymore. I mean, unless people just go to the theaters and they don't watch trailers online, which actually is probably most people. Uh, it's hard to forget that as a trailer nerd. So yeah, that Super Bowl ad has neat copy and as does uh, trailer two uh, in uh, you've gone from that verbose voiceover narration in the second trailer for Independence Day that we were talking about to the really neat copy in trailer two for this. We had 20 years to prepare. So did they. It's clean. It's simple. It's obvious. And it, it really sets the tone. That really also uh, creates interesting sounding stakes because like, oh, if they're more technologically uh, technologically advanced now, what can they do now? And uh, similar to, uh, the again, the trailer two for uh, Independence Day, it's grounded in character. And this time it's a Hemsworth, one of the, one of the Hemsworths. That's just about all I can identify because I, I only know him because he's a Hemsworth. And then everyone else, I'm just like, oh, it's, it's that girl, it's that guy. And 
the only other thing that stands out to me is I remember there's, I think there's a Chinese pop singer in this because all Hollywood films need to have someone Chinese in there because the Chinese box office. Yeah, this has really uh, gone international, actually. They've, they've kind of, I think the story-wise, they've united the entire world as one military force and as one government, I guess, to ward off the aliens because we see there's a bigger threat. So there's like peace on Earth until it gets blown up again. Um, but yeah, this second piece was okay for me. Um, I was actually more interested in the the other stuff that they were doing around this. Um, there's actually a five-minute trailer, which I queued it up today, and I thought, okay, I, I, I don't know whether I, I've, I've already watched a lot of Independence Day trailers, and I don't know whether I can watch a five-minute trailer. And actually, I really liked it for how much it had the space to go into scenes, which is something we've talked about. Um, there's a really interesting scene there with Bill Pullman where he goes in and chats to an alien... <laughs> And redoes the the Brent Spiner uh, possessed communication scene. Yeah, someone with an alien on. So it's like uh, Arrival and Star Trek as well. The extended trailer was also interesting, just from a editing standpoint, because it's hitting all the same notes as trailer two, but like you said, it's it's extended out. So. I think it's like if you're interested in if or someone listening is interested in um, thinking about pacing for longer and shorter trailers, it's a good exercise to just look at the two and see how they both hit the same things, but one's longer. Yeah, and there's peaks and troughs, and it's actually a hard thing to do to cut a trailer pace um, for five minutes because people get exhausted. So it's actually interesting to see where it does a kind of section that feels more like what trailer two is doing, and then a section where they kind of really slow out and and take a scene and and everything's a bit slower to give it that shape of because obviously you're gonna you're gonna have a different kind of structure than you are with any kind of trailer where you're gonna need more periods of intensity and then something a bit slower and yeah i've never cut a trailer that long so the, the thought of it makes me a little bit anxious but i noticed that the i don't know if it's the same music or different music but it's similar in vibe which it's sort of that epic slow burn kind of music which feels like it's sort of low but you know, it's not bombastic per se, but it still just feels epic, even though it's somewhat low key. I don't know how to describe it more accurately than that. That's a good thing as well. It's that kind of thing that will help with cutting a, a trailer on this length as well, because it's these cues that are often four to five minutes long that build and build and stop and then come back with a bit more instrumentation. And, and you know, musically, they're doing things that will help the structure of a trailer like this because they will have a breakdown set they'll realize that you know two to three minutes in you'll need a breakdown where you've built up enough and then you need to break it down musically to then come back even bigger and that in a way probably informs how you cut the trailer and you can do that in a, in a piece this long you can actually use that whereas you know if you're doing something 90 seconds to two and a half minutes long you don't have the opportunity to to live with the cue that long to get those peaks and troughs so the last thing I wanted to talk about for uh, Resurgence was um, they put out a couple of viral videos um, and it was around the time that I think uh, Alien Covenant was coming out. Uh, you know, it goes almost back 10 or 11 years to Cloverfield with the uh, internet material that was available there. And it's this kind of putting out videos from the world of the film that you can seek out if you want to. Uh, there's a documentary about almost Starship Troopers style. And clearly, Jeff Goldblum is happy to do anything because he features in all of these. <laughs> yeah. So many people were lost. As we know, it was a horrible event in which much of the world suffered and 
that's what's brought us together. Um, it's a kind of uh, a United World News special, so it adopts the style of those news report um, and gives you a bit more of the backstory. Yeah, like there's one where Jeff Goldblum's just talking about all the advances in our technology that we made because of the aliens, like some sort of black hole vacuum cleaner. And also they, they make a joke about um, cloud computing. And of course, there's the cloud. Uh, nobody's really sure how that works yet. Uh, which I guess we owe cloud computing to the aliens. Yeah, well, what was the thing in the first film that they only they only got taken down because of, uh, or they plugged in and they could... Yeah, they just gave them a virus using their, their PowerBook. Was it a PowerBook laptop with Mac OS 7 or something like that? It's because of Apple's inbuilt uh, technology obsolescence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's how they took down the aliens. There were actually all the YouTube jokes under the uh, under the Independence Day trailers were about... Um, I saw one said, like, they installed McAfee virus detection that's why they're back but those kind of videos are uh, they're interesting and and they expand the world of the film if you want to do it they're not for everyone but they're kind of out there and you can seek them out if you are interested in them i think if it was the only thing you saw for the film you might be confused but um yeah i'm curious who is the audience that is really interested in these because they didn't really do anything for me at all because like I said, the lore of the world of Independence Day doesn't really interest me. I just like the fun and the the jokes and the Will Smith. So I was watching these and getting kind of bored because I just didn't really care. So maybe I'm not the target demographic. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it depends on the movie. And, you know, obviously, if you do it for Alien, then there's a lot more people who are going to, you know, you do Michael Fassbender doing a, or was it Guy Pearce doing a TED Talk? T.E. Lawrence eponymously of Arabia, but very much an Englishman, favoured pinching a burning match between his fingers to put it out. When asked by his colleague, William Potter, to reveal his trick, how is it he so effectively extinguished the flame without hurting himself whatsoever, Lawrence just smiled and said, the trick, Potter, is not minding it hurts. For Alien, you know, you get a lot more people interested than maybe this kind of thing. And there's there's other things that films do as well. And there's, uh, you know, every once in a while, a horror film will come out that will do a prank in a coffee shop or something or, you know, do that kind of Japanese style. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone chasing down a, you know, hidden camera kind of thing as well. And it's all these kind of extra content things that you can do to pique people's interest and get them interested. But it depends on the project. I also find it a little bit funny that the videos labeled viral video, they have very low hit counts. But I assume they were not on YouTube first. They were probably all over social media, that sort of thing. So who knows how many hits they got in all those various places. Yeah, I think rule one to going viral is do not call your video a viral video. Yeah. (laughs) Rule number one. The internet will destroy you. Yeah. Okay, so that concludes our, our deep dive into the trailers for Independence Day. And we'll be back here in 20 years for the trailer for independence day three. Oh god <laughs> and so we're going to get to our questions next week so please send them to cutdown at idlethumbs.net or you can tweet us at cutdowncast or also i'm on twitter at derek underscore lou and i'm at rick thomas and we're part of the idle thumbs podcast network and also please leave us a review on itunes if you enjoy the show and tell your friends about it uh really helps us get the word out Uh, Also, we want to give a thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. Yes, we'll be back in two weeks with our discussion on how to start the process of making a trader. Uh, So happy Independence Day and uh, check out all those traders. That's what I call a close encounter.